It's time for the Friday Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Hit the guys up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Now, with your Friday Rush, here's Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Oh, yes, sir. We are live in Omaha, Nebraska at the Session Room. I am Parker Thune. Tyler McComas is out on vacation this weekend, and I'm sure he's having some second thoughts about that, or at the very least wishing he was here, because at the moment, the Sooners are absolutely rolling at the College World Series, still searching for their first victory in Omaha since that championship run in 1994, went 0-2 in 1995, went 0-2 in 2010, and now here in 2022, they're back, and they are putting it on Texas A&M in the early stages here in Omaha. Travis Davidson, whom you know, whom you all know and love, is going to join me here shortly. But right now, the big story, the only story, really, is the fact that the Sooners put up eight runs over the first two innings of play here in Omaha and lead Texas A&M at the moment 8-2 to two, heading into the third frame. And we talked about how hot this Sooner team was rolling into the College World Series. Texas A&M, arguably just as hot. One of two teams in this field, along with Ole Miss, to enter the CWS undefeated in postseason play. The Aggies were a perfect 5-0 and in regional and super regional play. That hasn't mattered so far because everybody, and I mean everybody, has chipped in for the Sooners in what to this point has been a blowout. And barring a collapse of epic proportions, the Sooners appear poised to advance into the winner's bracket and take on the winner of Texas and Notre Dame tonight. Is that putting the cart before the horse? Maybe so. This Texas A&M team is offensively stellar, and they did just strike back with three runs in the bottom of the second inning. So the score now 8-3 to three in favor of Oklahoma. Some of you may, in fact, be flipping back and forth between the Friday Rush and Toby Rowland's call on the KREF app. He is live from high atop Charles Schwab Field with your call of OU Baseball. But with that, I bring in Travis Davidson. And Travis, man, <laughs> kind of at a loss for words because... Nobody really expected to have seen what we have seen thus far today. Yeah, not at not at this rate. That's uh, that's for sure. I remember we were running, uh, kind of getting set up for everything uh, like that, and we kept on getting notifications. Okay, four zero, man, two zero, four zero. What's going on? All of a sudden, we walk in uh, here. I mean, we can see the stadium from where we are. We walk in. It's eight nothing. And, uh, you know, we talked about getting off to a hot start uh, on our way up here in the car. And, boy, I mean, you talk about a white hot start. Now, we are going to talk just about everything Sooners over the next four hours here across the Ref Sports Radio Network. We'll get into football. We'll get into recruiting. But at the end of the day, the story right now is the performance through two innings from this Oklahoma Sooners baseball team helmed by Skip Johnson. And Travis said it. We are in the shadow of Charles Schwab Field here at the Session Room, one block west of the venue. Guess what, folks? Odds are there are going to be a lot of happy Sooner fans walking out of this building, or walking out of that building, I should say, in the next couple of hours, assuming this lead holds for Oklahoma. Stop by the Session Room 
on your way out. Fantastic food, fantastic array of drinks out here on 13th and, or I'm sorry, 14th and coming. Again, one block west of Charles Schwab Field. That is the hangout. So whenever this game does wrap up, and at this rate it could be a while, yeah. we will be here until 6 p.m. live with coverage of OU baseball and everything else OU. As I said, we're going to get into football. We're going to get into recruiting. But, Travis, we have to start with the bludgeoning that we are witnessing right now from the Oklahoma Sooners uh, putting it on the Texas A&M Aggies through two frames here. And I tell you what, one guy that we have not talked a lot about, Peyton Graham garners a lot of the buzz, and deservedly so. Talk a lot about Jake Bennett. Talk plenty about Tanner Treadaway. The unsung hero in this Oklahoma lineup has been leadoff hitter John Spikerman. I would say without question. Nobody knew this dude's name two months ago. He didn't break into the lineup until mid-April. But ever since he did, man, he has been white hot. And he has been the epitome of a leadoff hitter for this program. Everything you want a leadoff hitter to be, that is what John Spikerman has been for these Sooners. Since forcing himself into the starting lineup midway through the season, he continued on that role today, reaching base in his first two at-bats here at the CWS via a walk and an infield single. And it's the little things like that, Travis, that set this team up because Jimmy Crooks delivered the big blow just moments ago with a three-run homer to stretch the lead from 5-0 to 8-0. And, of course, that, I imagine, is what everybody will focus on in the aftermath of this game. But the at-bats that preceded Crooks's homer, You're talking about a hit-by-pitch from Kendall Pettis, a ball that actually went off the knob of the bat. He did a great job of selling it. Looked like it it hit hit him to me. Looked like it Uh, hit him to me. John Spikerman reaches on an infield single. Peyton Graham comes up with a walk, and then Crooks clears the bases with that three-run homer. Really, at the end of the day, or I'm sorry, and in between, there was also a two-RBI single from Blake Robertson in addition. So all in all, Man, what a start. I would say this is about as good as you could have drawn it up for the Sooners, Travis, but I don't know if you could have drawn it up this good. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you could have drawn it up this way and anybody have taken you seriously, that's for sure. Um, but unfortunately, we gave three of them back, which, you know, if, if, if I'd have said, hey, Parker, we're going to have a 5-0 lead in the, in the top of the third, you know, you would have taken that, of course. Yeah, you'll take um, your odds. But, but like, we, like we keep talking about, and uh, I, I think – I think it's been interesting because I think a lot of the people that kind of caught, you know, the, the, the fanhood of the softball buzz, that softball bug, if you will, it's really started to understand, really. It's, it's not just your big hitters uh, that you rely on in these, in, these big, uh, in these big games, in these big tournaments, and in the deep postseason runs. You get it from all over the lineup. And I remember when we were walking back in, you, you, you said, man, uh, who, 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 who cleared the bases? What happened? It was it Spikerman? Was it Spikerman? And he looked and he said, "Yep, it's Spikerman." Man, it's just there's so much, there's so much praise to give around to this whole team. Uh, I like to focus on the seven, eight, and nine hitters uh, because that's really what can separate you um, from a base running standpoint, separate you from a a pressure standpoint on the opposing pitcher. You know, you think, okay, I get through the middle of the lineup, you know, I'm I'm home free, but. When that bottom of the order's hitting well, man, there's just no letting up, and and that's what we saw here. A and M with the quick pitching change, but they had no other choice. They had no other choice. The Oklahoma bats were just were just lighting them up. So uh, we'll see if we can uh, continue that. And uh, 
gets gunned down on the stolen base. Oklahoma, big base stealing team. Uh, Texas A&M has done a pretty good job uh, throughout the season, especially lately, of, of shutting down those uh, those base paths. So that'll be interesting, kind of strength on strength. We'll see who ends ends up on top of that matchup. No doubt. That was one thing that Skip Johnson talked about with Toby Rowland in pregame is the reality that Texas A&M in Oregon State transfer Troy Clonch has an outstanding catcher. And Skip was asked if he felt the Sooners could run on him. And Skip's response was, well, it's not really about the catcher. It's more so about the pitcher. It's can we run on the pitcher? How quickly is he getting the ball out? So the Sooners just tested the pitcher-catcher duo, the battery, as it were, for the first time there. Clonch did throw out a stealing Jackson Nicholas. So that's where things stand right now. One out in the top of the third. Oklahoma still leads 8-3, to three, and Brett Squires has just reached base via a hit-by-pitch. So we What's will continue funny? to keep you updated there. If you want the full call from Omaha, head to the KREF app. Toby Rowland is live from the booth with your call of Oklahoma Sooners baseball against Texas A&M here in this College World Series. What's funny is previously, obviously, we're former Big 12 uh, brethren, but um, there there hasn't been really a lot of beef between Oklahoma and A&M unless you really follow college football recruiting, right? I mean, we can, we can go back and name probably a dozen prospects that have come down between Oklahoma and A&M in the last three or four cycles probably. So it's almost like, again, those that are really tuned in have this kind of just growth of, of a rivalry or growth of hate at least for Texas A&M uh, and uh, you know they're exercising some demons today obviously uh, Kyler Murray has been in town uh, given the pep talk last night to the team obviously a big OU baseball supporter OU baseball alum and you, you got to think he's enjoying this a little bit what do you think Parker I would say so I would say Kyler Murray's enjoying this just as much as anybody and Lord knows he is up in one of those high dollar Uh, luxury booths to watch this game today. The Sooners have already been through the lineup twice here in the third inning. you got Kendall Pettis at the plate right now. He is your nine-hole hitter. And again, it just goes back to the fact that once one guy comes up with something at the plate for Oklahoma, whether that's a walk, whether that's an infield single like we saw earlier from Spikerman, whether that's a hit-by-pitch in some cases. We've seen two of them in the early goings uh, of this game. But once the little things start to snowball downhill, all it takes is one big swing. And more often than not, the Sooners have gotten that one big swing to help separate them from the competition. Right. You don't want to just rely on the long ball, especially going into a park like this. Uh, This is definitely a pitcher's park. You are not going to see nearly as many home runs uh, as we've seen in the the regionals and in the super regionals, especially with Florida, you know, kind of having that weird, uh, weird outfield wall out in left field. Um, but you're, you're going, not going to see a ton of deep balls, so it is important to uh, base run with great fundamentals while still being aggressive. But, you know, you get that big swing, and uh, it makes life a whole heck of a lot easier. Again, should the Sooners emerge victorious this afternoon against Texas A&M, they will play the winner of Texas and Notre Dame. That is the nightcap from Charles Schwab Field. First pitch set for around 6.09 p.m. local time. So, Immediately upon the conclusion of that game, uh, they will clear the field, they will clear the stands, they will get everything ready for the Longhorns and the Irish. And we assume at this point, if this score holds, it'll be Oklahoma advancing in the winner's bracket 
to face the winner of that contest tonight between Texas and Notre Dame. We're just getting started here on the Friday Rush, live from the session room in Omaha, Nebraska, in the shadow of Charles Schwab Field. Plenty more to come. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson here with you. Stay with us across the Ref Sports Radio Network. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Oh, yeah. It is the greatest show on dirt from Omaha, Nebraska. And it has been a whirlwind thus far for the Texas A&M Aggies because Oklahoma has come out guns blazing in the opening game of the 72nd College World Series from Omaha. Sooners lead this game 8-3 to three in the top of the third inning. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson here with you on the Friday Rush. If you are looking for the call from Charles Schwab Field, Toby Rowland has the call via the KREF app. So if you're listening via your radio dial, we appreciate you being here with us. But if you'd like to switch over and you'd like to hear live game action from Charles Schwab, hit the KREF app. Toby Rowland has your call there. Peyton Graham at the plate, two runners on, two out in the top of the third inning. And Travis Davidson, again, we continue to talk about it. Throughout this Oklahoma lineup, one through nine, there is not an easy out. And that's exactly the dynamic that you have to have heading into Omaha if you want to take home a national title. Yeah, you have to keep the pressure on the other pitcher, as we've seen early. And we saw it again through softball season, baseball season, everything like that. There can be no release of the pressure in the latter part of the lineup, and I think that's what's so important. So um, I love being here uh, in Omaha. It's a lot of fun. What's fun is at a place like this uh, at the session room, it's everybody. We see Texas fans. We see Oklahoma fans. I've seen some Irish pop in uh, when, when A&M uh, hit the home run. Um, there were de- definitely some cheers. I'm not sure whether those came from A&M fans or people that just wanted to see a good game. But, uh, anyways, I did talk to one Texas fan um, named Will right when we got here, and he is decked <laughs> out head to toe. If I could see his toes under his shoes, I'm sure he'd have some burnt orange toenails because he's decked out. And uh, he said that his allegiances lie with the Sooners today. Okay, um, how about that? He said he's, he had to think. I, I, said, his, I, need, uh... I said, I need your gut call. I need your gut call. OU or A&M. He said, OU, but I said, nope, no buts about it. You're an OU fan today. So, oh, okay. So and you, you can you, see you bestowed bit. that allegiance upon him. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't tell his Longhorn brethren. Yeah. But. Well, unless surely he's not the only Will that roots for the Longhorns. But yeah. now, as we look at what the journey has to look like for Oklahoma if they're going to make a run in a national title, Travis, obviously. This conversation starts and ends with the bats because they're what has seen Oklahoma through over the course of this outstanding postseason run. But one common denominator that you seem to get with most, if not all, teams that go deep in Omaha is you have to get length, you have to get distance out of your closer at some point. And the Sooners are fortunate in that Trevin Michael has been tested in that regard already he started the win or go home game of the Gainesville Regional against Florida tossed six solid innings gave up only one earned run in that contest so Michael has demonstrated that if you need to milk extra innings out of him he's up to that challenge 
that's another thing working in the Sooners' favor as we start to look ahead to what things might look like beyond just today against the Aggies for Oklahoma. Right, much like other playoff scenarios in other sports, right? They talk about the NBA, how the bench shortens, right? You, you go from maybe a eight, you know, eight-man, nine-man rotation to really a, kind of a seven-man rotation. Um, similar, similar in Omaha, right? And you want your you want your starter to get at least one inning more than he usually gets, and then your closer to probably get one more inning than he usually gets. So they kind of meet in the middle and really turn down uh, kind of the pressure of the bullpen right there. But yeah, Trevin uh, has done incredibly. I think everybody likes uh, when he uh, when he comes in with the win because he always gives us a little a little bit of extra, a little bit of a gift worthy um, reaction after a big win. Um, but but yeah, I, I think you bring up a good point. And I think we're off to a great start here. Now, Toby Rowland is pulling double duty today. He hosted T-Row in the morning right here on KREF from 6 to 9 Central this morning and then headed right over to the ballpark to call this game between the Sooners and Aggies. Now, on his show this morning, he brought on Oklahoma head coach Skip Johnson. And one of the things that Johnson mentioned, I thought this was interesting, and I was surprised it didn't start making the rounds on Twitter at least a little bit in the aftermath of this comment from Skip Johnson. But the Sooners manager intoned that David Sandlin, who's the number two starter and the guy that you would imagine is going to get the call on Sunday, is going to be available out of the bullpen today. So it is all hands on deck right off the bat for Oklahoma. And in a double elimination situation like this, you can afford to lay an egg. You can afford to lose a game along the path to a championship if that's what it comes to. But it's pretty clear that Skip Johnson is playing his boys for every single game like it's their last one, like it's a win-or-die environment. Right, right. And, and and we saw the most dominant team maybe in any sport in the country, softball, they dropped a game. So if you're expecting Oklahoma to walk in and just mow down every team they face, I mean, sure, is it possible? Technically, yes. If they hit the ball like they're doing so far today. Yeah, sure. If, I, if you spot us eight runs in two innings to start, I, I like our chances. But, you know, is that sustainable? This, that, and the other? My thing is it's not the end of the world with a loss. The Whoever wins this thing is going to have a loss. So, But I do love that Skip's willing to throw his starters out of the bullpen because – you're right. This is this is big-time stuff. Everybody here is here for a reason. Now, one thing we mentioned yesterday, the Sooners have the opportunity to enter exclusive territory if the men are dogpiling on the pitcher's mound here in Omaha within the next week and a half or so because no program, Travis, has ever taken home a title in both diamond sports, that being football. I'm sorry, not football. I don't know where I got football. That being softball playing football and diamond? baseball, I guess oh, I got geez. football national title on the mind. That 22-year drought's really starting to wear on me. Yeah, I but, can tell. Uh, no program has ever won a softball national title and a baseball national title in the same season. The Sooners have the opportunity to do that. Obviously, Patty Gasso and the softball team rolled to a national title of their own, wrapping it up last Thursday, I want to say if my memory serves me correctly, with a sweep in the championship series against Texas. Now the Sooners have the opportunity to do the same on the baseball diamond. The closest that any program has ever come to pulling this off was UCLA in 2010. Their softball team took home the crown, and their baseball team ended up falling to South Carolina in the championship series the final year 
that the CWS was held at Roosevelt Stadium, which coincidentally until today was the last time that the Sooners had been to Omaha. Right, and I think what's, uh, you know, you'd think it'd be a bit of an advantage not hosting a regional and still making it out, not hosting a super regional, still making it out. Well, there are only two original hosts of regionals, I believe, left in the tournament, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of these people have won games on the road. I mean, you look at Arkansas. uh, You look at Notre Dame. You look at a lot of teams that have gone somewhere else to play their regional, gone somewhere else to play their super regional, and and they're battle-tested on the road. I mean, I bet we have more fans here in Omaha watching the Sooners than they've had watch them in, what, a month? Maybe three weeks? Two? I mean... They just they just haven't. I mean, it's nice to play in front of your home crowd, but they haven't needed it. The no, they've been not. hot. The pitchers have been uh, really coming up clutch. Um, so, so yeah, there's some battle tested teams out here. And indeed, every single team in this tournament, every one of the eight squads that has made it this far has earned their way there. We know that much. It's kind of unfair to call the Sooners a hotter or cooler team than any other team in the field right now, simply because. You have to be the best of the best, and you have to be playing your best ball at this point in the year if you're going to get to Omaha. So the Sooners have done that. Remarkably, five other teams from the new SEC, that being the current SEC plus Oklahoma and Texas, are in this College World Series field. So when you're talking about balance of power across collegiate athletics, it's not just football where the SEC reigns supreme. This is all the evidence you need that it is multi-sport dominance out of the Southeastern Conference. Jake Bennett still on the hill working for the Sooners just threw his 44th pitch of the young afternoon. One out in the bottom of the third. Oklahoma leads 8-3. to three. And again, Toby Rowland has the call from Charles Schwab Field on the KREF app. If you're hanging with us, we appreciate it. Air Comfort Solutions text line is available to you. 405-651-3439 with any of your real-time thoughts on this baseball game or anything else. OU athletics related. Shoot, we don't have to limit it to OU athletics. Yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna hear Travis's secret recipe for his theta sauce, Ooh. I'm sure we can, we can dive into that. Maybe not as much as you'd like, but we'll we'll have him give you the uh, the Cliff Notes version as yeah. we keep it rolling here. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll give you the link to uh, get a bottle, and you can read the ingredients <laughs> on the back. We'll call it good. I did bring a case with me though, because you know everywhere you go, you gotta have a case of theta sauce on you. But uh, speaking of food, uh, we just had some fantastic brats uh, down here. Really, really good um, food down here. And it's, again, in the shadow of the stadium. Again, the session room is the spot. If you are in Omaha for this game, if you are at the stadium right now or you're just hanging out, one way or another, this is going to be where you want to go post-game. Because here at the session room, they have outstanding food, outstanding selection of drinks. As Travis mentioned, we both went ahead and went with the bratwurst. It was fantastic. Probably among the top three bratwursts I have ever eaten. It was, it was, it was strong, no doubt. And, and keep in mind, come by. We do have T-shirts to give away. Everybody likes a good T-shirt. Just show us that you have the KREF app downloaded. Um, and we've got the, the links, the QR codes, everything to do that. Uh, come get yourself a free T-shirt. Uh, hang out with us a little bit in the air conditioning uh, if you're in Omaha. So. Uh, come hang out, and uh, we'd love to see your smiling faces. Sooners lead Texas A&M 8-3. The rush rolls on across the Ref Sports Radio Network. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson, live from Omaha, Nebraska. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is your home for Sooner fans. 
the Ref Sports Radio Network. Man, the Sooners keep this thing rolling. Travis, some way, somehow, they just keep getting men on base. The latest way they've found is Tanner Treadaway laid down what was, frankly, a terrible bunt down the first baseline, was virtually tagged out by the Texas A&M hurler. But he's got to bring the ball with him. uh, Okay, see, I thought the ball popped out when he tagged Treadaway. Turns out he just flat-out dropped the ball. So Sooners catch a break there. They've got a man on base here in the top of the fourth. Oklahoma leads 8-3. Toby Rowland with the call over on the KREF app. But this is the rush. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson, you want to chime in, hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. What a start for Skip Johnson's boys, and we will keep you updated all throughout the afternoon on this show. We are live from the session room in Omaha, Nebraska, one block west of Charles Schwab Field. So we are right in the thick of the action here. Absolutely, and we've got T-shirts, we've got KREF T-shirts, we've got to, if you show us that you have the app, uh, come on by, hang out with us, Uh, everybody likes a good T-shirt. I'm actually wearing the exact shirt we're giving away, Um, well, the exact same design, I'm not going to literally give you the shirt that I'm (laughs) wearing. He's not giving you the shirt off his back. No, and I I mean, I would, I would, but but I'm not sure you'd want it, we did have to unload the the radio equipment uh, out of the car, I'm not sure you want this one, but uh, regardless... uh, um, Let's uh, let's dig into recruiting. Usually, uh, you know, the the two to three hour, uh, you and Tyler talk a little recruiting. I want to start off with Caleb Hicks. I don't know where else you would start off. Let's talk about Caleb Hicks, how that kind of unfolded. Obviously, Caleb Hicks, the running back, the four star running back out of Denton Ryan. You will uh, you will want to know that name, uh, both of Caleb Hicks and of Denton Ryan. So, Parker, tell me what you know. Yeah, bingo. So that's the Sooners' newest commit, four star running back Caleb Hicks out of Denton Ryan, who committed Wednesday. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, a couple days ago now. Uh, But he is the first in the stable for DeMarco Murray in this 2023 cycle. And when you look at what he brings to the table, uh, he's very much cut from the same cloth. Well, I I shouldn't say cut from the same cloth. He's a unique type of back, but he's, he's just a classic runner. He's the type of guy that you can build a backfield around. And whether he becomes a workhorse at the next level or not... I think what you can safely say is that he's going to get a lot of carries at some point during his tenure in Norman because he runs physical, he's got speed. Some regard him as a top five back in this class. I believe in the 24-7 sports composite he is the number nine running back. By the way, the Sooners have just put another man on by virtue of another Texas A&M error. So the Aggies doing themselves no favors here. But, yeah, obviously I think what people see – when they see the name Caleb Hicks and they see the Denton Ryan affiliation, is they're going to be curious, okay, now that you got Caleb Hicks on board, what does this mean with regard to the recruitment of Anthony Hill? Yeah, and, and, and obviously uh, Denton Ryan, uh, the home of one Billy Bowman, uh, we, we joked about it the other day, but it seems Patty Gasso may be, uh, <laughs> may be the key to the pipeline uh, of Denton Ryan. So, you can trace, uh, if we end up landing Anthony Hill, we can trace it all the way back to one Patty Gasso. Obviously, Jada Coleman dating Billy Bowman, who came from Denton Ryan, flipped his commitment from Texas to Oklahoma. Um, he's, he's got a little bit of work to do. His uh, 
his lady is a uh, you know all American, two time champion. All this, she's she's racking it up. Yeah, I tell so, you what, man. I tell you is. what. I tell you what. That trophy case. Uh, she is running circles around him in terms of accomplishments I'll right now. I tell you but. what, but hey, he's he's got time to catch up. There's no doubt about it. But it doesn't look like she's going to be slowing down either. No. Um, but uh, again, Denton Ryan, a uh, lot a lot of good players come through there. Love the commitment of Caleb Hicks and. and you know, knowing what that means for Anthony Hill, you always wonder, <clears throat> you know, those of us that have played team sports, you're always close to some players, especially by position group, things like that. We're seeing uh, kind of in the Kansas City area, we're seeing that. Um, you know, you wonder how close they are, but they're certainly closer than, uh, you know, than Anthony Hill is with, I don't know, Dylan Edwards, one might say. I'm just picking a random <laughs> name out of the hat. Just sliding uh, a just, random I name into the conversation. I a random name out of the hat. That's... Speaking of Dylan Edwards, uh, I saw you put a uh, crystal ball in. I think you flipped a crystal ball. Yeah, to what Kansas State. There? How about that? Well, it partially has to do with the fact that you now have Caleb Hicks committed. So there's only one slot left at the running back position, you would assume, in this class for DeMarco Murray and the Sooners. But also, if, if there was a Champion barbecue visit that went poorly, it was, the, it was, it was Dylan Edwards' it visit. Was the, and look, that doesn't have to... I don't think that has to do with the experience that OU provided to Dylan Edwards. More than anything else, just talking to people around him, it seems as though he was upset that the Sooners had other running backs on campus. Yeah. Made him feel like less of a priority. Yeah, and we were talking about this last night, Parker. It was seems very odd to me, right? So you are upset that a program that can get the attention and the interest of the best of the best the number one running back in the class. You, that program that is recruiting you gets those elite running backs' attention. But you want to go to a place that can't get that attention. Trust me, if Kansas State, if Richard Young said, hey, Kansas State, I want to take an official, Kansas State would cancel every other official and and welcome Richard Young to be the only one that weekend. So don't get it twisted. This is a this is a wild, wild reaction to having uh, – to having some elite talent in the same position group on campus. Am I reading that wrong? No, you are not. And a quick baseball update here that we can juxtapose with our discussion in recruiting. Uh, the Sooners have loaded the bases here in the top of the fourth inning, so it could be on the precipice of adding to that 8-3 to lead. Jim Schlossnagel, the first-year Texas A&M head coach, longtime TCU head coach, is headed out to the mound for what initially appeared to be a pitching change. It now looks as though he'll leave his man in the game. Parker, um, I noticed these uh, bases are loaded. Would you say that the running back room is about to be loaded for DeMarco Murray? Uh, and that's a segue right there. No, I tried. I tried. Now, uh, you look at what DeMarco Murray reeled in in his second recruiting cycle, really his first legitimate recruiting cycle because when the COVID-19 pandemic hit and with him being a first-year position coach at Oklahoma, you couldn't really fault him when he came up empty. There were no official visits that cycle, and so while it did hurt – to miss out on Kamar Wheaton in the class of 2021, it wasn't a backbreaker for Oklahoma, and the silver lining was that it led to the acquisition of Eric Gray via the transfer portal. Now, Murray signed Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk, both four stars in this most recent 2022 recruiting class. And now as we look ahead to 2023, oh boy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We have a grand slam from Jackson Nicholas, and folks, it is 12-3 Sooners in Omaha. And as we've said earlier, as we said earlier, seven, eight, nine hitters, the back end of your lineup, that is really where you're going to separate yourself in Omaha. 
you can't just rely on the middle of the lineup. So, man, what a big-time swing. And, man, you got to feel tough if you're A&M too, right? (laughs) This is, for the pitchers, this is an emotional game, right? Not that it's not for others, but this is an emotional mental game, right? You just have a visit to the mound. And what happens immediately after the visit? I tell you what, the first pitch Jackson Nicholas saw, he deposited well into the right field bleachers. The Sooners now lead this game by nine runs, and that was not how Jim Schlossnagel drew it up. None of this thus far has been how the Texas A&M coaching staff slash roster slash Aggie Everyone involved with Texas A&M is just straight up not having a good time right now, Travis. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, And I know I, I don't want people just watching the box score to think that I'm lying to you. This is not a hitter's park. No, it is this not. This is a pitcher's park, despite us having 12 runs in the top of the fourth with only one out, and we're going to look to build on that um, because the Aggies have come from behind late. Um, they kind of turn it on traditionally, at least through uh, the postseason uh, so far. They've really turned it on after the sixth inning, and that's where they've been winning their games. So, make like OU is going to continue to pour it on. There's no doubt about it. Um, but trust me, this... This is a pitcher's park, despite us making it not look like one. Now the question becomes, Travis, and I want you to weigh in on this, with a nine-run lead that you would assume is safe, how long do you ride Jake Bennett? Do you let your ace eat innings and just count on him to get you as close to the finish line as possible? Or, given that you're in all likelihood not going to blow this lead, do you pull Bennett in favor of a long reliever and just save his arm potentially to come back on Tuesday because with a win today, you are assured that you're going to be playing on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I mean, again, you want to you want to be aggressive, but it seems like our bats, as the Sooners put another one on, um, it seems like our bats are going to take care of the aggression um, for it. So I'm cool with going to a uh, reliever, saving some of that arm uh, because – I mean, this is some some nice run protection. There's no doubt about it. So put in a middle reliever. If if there's trouble, then we can deal with it then. But we have a little bit of room to give uh, because our bats don't look like they're going to be slowing down. Even though A and M does have a good bullpen, they brought in some transfers, so they've got a, they've got some talent in the bullpen. But I I don't know of a bullpen that's going to slow down these bats right now. Somebody on the Air Comfort Solutions text line asks, is there a run rule in men's college baseball? No, there is not. So, expect- Did that text come from College Station? Or No, okay. <laughs> I was just making sure because that's that's exactly what A&M fans are wondering right now. They need some mercy. And it appears Jim Schlossnagel is done trying to manipulate his bullpen. He's just going to let his man eat innings at this point. And it looks like Texas A&M is pretty, looking pretty defeated, pretty resigned to their fate at this point in time we'll see how long skip johnson rides jake bennett i'm assuming you all out there will forgive us for getting sidetracked from our recruiting discussion there it is quite a day i mean we be a sooner travis davidson we we really we only get distracted when we're bludgeoning teams in the world series if we only for the future if we only ever get distracted whenever we're bludgeoning teams in the world series i think we can be forgiven and i hope we get distracted a lot oh man i hope i hope (laughs) we we have no idea what we were talking about but luckily i do remember what we were talking about we were talking about the running back room but 
Um, I think uh, we can probably wrap that up a little bit. I mentioned kind of the um, the, the positional similarities uh, for a couple guys uh, in the Kansas City area. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Obviously, we had a new offer go out uh, um, to Edric Hill, and then you, you've talked with P.J., yes? Yes, so four-star teammates, P.J. Adabare and Edric Hill. Hill, a defensive tackle, Adabare and edge rusher, both at North Kansas City High School. Both now have Oklahoma offers. And P.J. at this point is a heavy Oklahoma lean. Edric wanted the Oklahoma offer so bad that he was actually at OU camping a couple weekends ago, participating in Oklahoma's team camp in order to try and get that offer. All the while, he holds an offer sheet that includes LSU, Oregon, Alabama, Texas A&M, so on and so forth. So this OU offer meant a lot to him. Yeah, something I want to touch on, though, is is this – did he want the Oklahoma offer so badly because it was one he didn't have and he just wanted to prove to them that he could earn one and he deserved one? Or does he just love OU that much, if you get the difference between the two? No, I think we'll soon find out for sure. My, the inclination that I have, just based off what I know of Edric and my interactions with him, is that he's very serious about Oklahoma, especially with P.J. leaning heavily in that direction, his teammate and good friend. So... Uh, uh, time will tell, I'll say that, and you are going to need to probably see Edric Hill book an official visit before you start getting your hopes too high, but one way or another, the Sooners in the driver's seat for P.J. Adebaware, Adebare, I go back and forth. I know the right pronunciation, sometimes the phonetic one just gets stuck in my head. P.J. Adebare, top 100 player in the country, and the Sooners appear to have the inside track there. Texas A&M is out of their half of the fourth inning. Oklahoma leads 12-3. Aggies coming up to bat. We're going to hit a quick break here. We'll come back, discuss more recruiting, continue to give you baseball updates here on The Ref. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson, live with your Friday rush from the session room. One block west of Charles Schwab Field. The party rolls on. It's the greatest show on dirt, and this is The Ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. I'll tell you who's got it going on here on this Friday afternoon. It's the Oklahoma Sooners. This is the rush. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson here with you across the Ref Sports Radio Network. Tell you what, the not-so-good news is that Jake Bennett has not been particularly sharp today for Oklahoma. He's surrendered four runs through three and two-thirds innings. The very good news is that if there was ever a day where Jake Bennett could afford not to be sharp, it is today because the Sooners have 12 runs on the board and lead Texas A&M 12-4 to here in the bottom of the fourth inning in Omaha. Travis and I are live from the session room one block west of Charles Schwab Field here in Omaha. Travis, let's get back on track here. Let's talk football recruiting here as we get ready to close out our number one of the show. Now, if you want to chime in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439 is yep. the number to reach us at. But, Travis, where to start? We talked running backs briefly. We talked Caleb Hicks. Let's uh, let's go wide receiver room. Obviously having the kind of out-of-the-blue commitment um, that we had in Keon Brown, uh, you know, where does that leave us? I mean, you've got, you've got obviously, uh, Jaquazi Petaway, you've got Cole Adams, you know, a couple guys that just recently visited. Um, you know, where do we stand there? And again, as these rooms start to tighten up, um, you know, there aren't going to be that many spots left. This isn't a situation where you can take nine wide receivers. No. I mean, it looks like we might take nine linebackers, but that's, 
that's Brent Venables. You know, if there's a guy that can run a linebacker room, I suppose it's him. But um, much as we're seeing with the running backs, it looks like there's one more scholarship back available. Um, but wide receivers are going to fill up quick too. Who do you who do you like there? Yeah, it's interesting because the Keon Brown commitment was out of left field. And it was a phenomenal surprise for Oklahoma. It's a big one, both literally and metaphorically, because right. Keon Brown is a sizable wide receiver at six foot three, one ninety. His recruitment has blown up quickly, and he chose Oklahoma over a list of schools that included Alabama as well as the hometown program, Florida State. So getting Keon Brown is big. Now you look at the rest of this board, Jaquazi Petaway is the one everybody's kind of curious about. And there's not a whole lot to go off if you're talking about stuff straight from the horse's mouth. Petaway does not talk about his recruitment very often. However, the consensus across the industry is that he's closing in on a decision and that Oklahoma is the favorite right now. He had an Ole Miss official visit scheduled for last weekend, chose not to take it. He's got a Texas official visit scheduled this weekend. I would anticipate he does take that one, but still... I think Oklahoma is in the driver's seat right now for Jaquazi Petaway. That's a top 50 player in the nation. So if Oklahoma ends up with him, huge, huge addition for Jeff Lebby, Cale Gundy, and the rest of this offensive staff. So look down the rest of the board. I'm starting to get a queasy feeling about the Sooners' chances with Mikhail Harrison Pilot, the four-star out of Temple, Texas. But they are looking to be in good shape for Cole Adams. That battle is going to come down more than likely to OU in Alabama, though he is visiting Arkansas officially this weekend as well. So we, we will see if the Razorbacks can make any progress. All right, we're coming up on the top of the hour here. we got to hit a quick break. On the other side, hour two of the rush, live from the session room here in Omaha. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson, Sooners lead Texas A&M 12-4 after four innings. Plenty more coming. We'll talk baseball. We'll talk football. We'll talk recruiting. Heck, we're just getting started. Stay with us. You're listening to the Ref Sports Radio Network.